am still struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I am still learning. I'm still adjusting. I'm still. I'm not stable yet. Okay. But I'm learning every day. Okay. So one thing I want to say about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is like, you know, being an entrepreneur is like a dashboard. You know, just think of yourself as like a pilot. A lot of times people think it's just one knob. It's just one thing they have to get right. Actually, entrepreneurship requires us to be pulling different strings at the same time. Like everything has to be working, <laughs> right? At the same time for us to actually see success. And that's why even when I do one-on-one, -on -one, it's like we're looking at all of these areas. Like we're trying to look for the money. We're trying to look for excellence. Like what, is it operations? Is it customers? Is it marketing? Is it sales? Is it distribution? Is it partnerships? Is it business model? We need. To, there are several things that might need to be tweaked. And what I'm finding is that, and, and I learned this as well, the hard way, and that's why I'm calling people's attention to it, is like, it's a full dashboard of different, should I say, functional areas or structures that has to be in place. Now, some of those structures I will consider foundational structures, like just like a house, what you, the structures, the work you have to do to dig deeper and build the foundation of your business. And the, when you're building the foundation, People don't see anything, right? You know, people are, you know, but the foundation you build is going to determine the weight you're able to put on that business, right? And it's going to impact what you do in the launch phase would support your growth and skill stage, right? So that's one thing I want people to see is that you're not doing anything wrong, the reality is that there might be so many things pulling at you and the challenge would be which one do I prioritize over the other? Which one is more important? So let me give you a few. How does that sound before I go on? Yes. So I'm going to mention a few. Do you have a feeling of which, which string you need to pull or you need to invest in right now? Do you have a feel of maybe the top one or top two that you feel like requires immediate attention? For me, I think what I need to invest on is marketing. Marketing. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good because we need awareness. So let me, let me share part of the the journey i always call this thing this phase as it's like you're in a lab consider that you're in a lab lab um like science lab it's an experiment <laughs> right the phase of business model design actually has to go through a test cycle before you scale up marketing because you may be trying to market something that the, 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 the market itself, they don't want. That's, the, you know, because again, entrepreneurship is, is something that requires so many pieces, so many things moving around. But one of the reasons why, you know, if, if I want to talk to people about marketing, before we invest time, because marketing, I have a framework for marketing as well, but before I encourage people to spend time 
or invest in marketing, I always want us to look at what results have we generated from the programs you are trying to market already. Like, do we already know as, you know, the people that we've taken those programs through, have they given us feedback? Are there changes that needs to be put in place? Is the messaging right? Um, right. It's, it's, is it what people say they want? Um, have we tested it? Has it worked? Has it achieved the desired results? Because once you start putting marketing behind it, you have to also say, is this my marketing to scale? Or is this my marketing to test? Because you can do both, right? You can put in restricted or controlled marketing message out there to only a limited number of people just to get feedback. So which phase are you in? Is it the, the you know, I, you've probably tested it, but do you need to test it more? I tested it with um, quite a number of people, with very diverse people. So um, I'm quite confident in terms of the model. Okay. So I think what I need to do is Okay, so let's let's look at that. Can you describe the two groups of people that loved it the most? Because that way in your marketing, instead of still marketing to everybody, if, you, if you've already tested it with this group of people and you've seen, you know, so much results. So let me give you an example. Maybe busy, busy, busy women, working women, their demographic, right? Like, um, you know, um, st you know, stay at home. Like what if you know that certain types of people value it most, because there's a matrix of there are people who want what you have, but they cannot afford it. There are people that cannot afford it and they cannot, they don't want it and they cannot afford it. There are people who can afford it and they want it. There are people who want it but cannot afford it. There's a matrix. If you draw um, a matrix like four, like X and Y axis, four quadrants, the people that can afford you and want it, right? They are the people you want to go after. Because no matter how much, even what it is that we want to serve, the people we want to serve, at the end of the day, if you're in business, if you perceive that they cannot afford it or they don't want it, then we have to adjust. We have to adjust. Otherwise, our marketing, we are marketing to the wrong people. Now, there are other things that might we might need to do if we find out there's a group of people that really want it, but the price point is challenging to them, then that's another thing in the business model design phase where you can look at maybe group programs or... Um, courses or things that they, you can prescribe that they can do on their own that doesn't take a, a lot of your own personal um, efforts or hours that you have to put into it. So there are different things you could do in the business model phase. So, uh, and thank you, by the way, for allowing, you know, being here and allowing us to have this conversation. I just sent the ping out now. So basically, how would you describe the key people that are falling in love with what you do and they've they love the results okay yeah i think um for me people that have seen positive results and that have really appreciated what i do are women older than 40 mm. and they're excited once i pitch it to them they are happy however not all of them would you know buy into the idea but those
some people that in fact before i finish landing before i talk before i say two minutes into what i'm doing they they already appreciate it they see the need for it you know those category of people are the people that's beautiful so have you decided to narrow your marketing to them testing my hypothesis is elderly people are mature people that are there <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know that yes so I just want to because I'm in a new environment so I'm trying to connect with um, local groups sometimes the people you're looking for online they are not they might not be necessarily online that's what I am discovering mm. you know yeah so um, I'm discovering that I might have been pitching my message to the wrong people people wow. that love it but they don't have time for it wow LD lifestyle is sometimes it takes you to pause pay attention to it and then redirect your life wow these are people that they love it they appreciate it but they do not have that time because they're already entangled mm. they're already very very busy you know so wow love it from afar. <laughs> right so so basically what you're finding is that the product the service you're delivering several conditions have to be true they have to love it. They have to be willing to invest in it. And the investment is not just financial. There's yeah. actually time commitment on their own side because it's a lifestyle change they have to make. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're so that's incredible because that even narrows down the type of people you, you can work with. Because if you find those people, perhaps you may actually even increase your price. <laughs> good for you <laughs> that's good because what's happening here is if your product or your service is only targeted to a particular like it's a rare breed of people it's not this is not mass mass market now because if it's mass market you can lower price and you can push volume but if what you're saying is that you've realized that certain things has to be true this is like a rare species of of people the age they're in they've seen life they're at a stage where maybe they're not giving too much time to their kids because as women those stages where our kids are young we're giving them our full self we're not giving enough time to ourselves so maybe these women are at a stage where they're ready to invest in themselves they want to give back to themselves and they are getting ready for the future, the next phase of their life. So they are ready. But not just ready financially, they also have to be ready psychologically, emotionally, and then they must be willing to do the work to consume your product and your service. What that means is you're looking for a species of people that is not common. And because of that um, need, increasing your price would be a way to, because now this leads me to another question around your you know maybe sales plan or your target plan because what will help you would be that um and welcome to the i see more people joining the stage and i think we just lost mrs fabi she'll probably try to join back. okay you're back bed now awesome and i'm using the opportunity to welcome other people to the room as well welcome lawrence welcome mr lufemi 
you're welcome to join us on stage if you have questions and if you want insights into your own business and you want to be, uh, pretty much take advantage of the consulting um, insight from me <laughs> while we're here. So like I was saying, uh, Ms. Booking, like this group of people, if you were to do a plan and say this month, this is my plan, right? This is my revenue plan or my sales plan. This is how much I want to earn. And if you look at your price, you now have to ask yourself, how many people do I need to bring into this program to reach my plan? And if you know, if you, if you identify that number, then the next thing that people usually do, it takes, it takes a while to, to, to master it is like your conversion rate. So if you know that you're only converting certain percentage, then you want to say, okay, how much, how, how, what do you need to invest in your marketing? A lot of times we just go into marketing without seeing that we want return on that marketing. Like the return on investment has to mirror your sales goals. Awesome. Yeah. The other thing that I talk about in marketing particularly, and I don't know if you've heard me say this before, is this idea of you want an audience, the right audience. To your point, you said you're going to gym. You already know they are investing. Those are people already in that mindset. So that's a brilliant one. In terms of they're already <laughs> into gym. They must be thinking about, you know, results. They are results-oriented people, right? Yeah. The, the next thing then is you, you, you need to find the right audience. Where, are, where is your audience? Whether online, whether LinkedIn. And then the next thing around marketing, the framework I have and use is you want to get their attention. What are you going to do to get their attention? So if you're going to gym, it might be a flyer with a certain type of message because the third thing is message. So what vehicle are you going to use to get the attention of the audience? And that vehicle looks different depending on what platform you're going to. That's why, let's say in the world of events, people do business cards, right? Long before COVID <laughs> made us all go digital, right? Like the vehicle of introducing and getting people's attention was, you know, handing their business card to prospects. Here's my business card. And on that business card, it will say, this is who I am. This is what I do. If you're if you interested in what I do, you can reach us at this number or this website or, you, you, right? The same thing is true online, but in a different way. It's all the flyers we put together. It's all the, you know, the way the, 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 the stories and the reels and all of those things. They're just designed to get attention. And the moment you get people's attention, you also need to say, what's the message? And all of these things needs to be um, engineered. That's why I said in the begin at the beginning that it's a test. Just creating one message and test and, and putting it out there. And if you don't get the result, don't be afraid to pull that message and try another thing. I think that's one of the challenges I see people have is we assume that everybody absorbs messaging the way we absorb. There are different ways that different types of people learn or understand. Some people are visual. Some people are, you know, they, they listen. Some people have to read. Some people have to read the content. So that's why, you know, trying different things is, is, is the way to go. I tried all kinds of things as well. So what does that, how does that sound to you? Okay. What's the biggest struggle? Is it the message 
or the attention or both? Okay, so so okay, that's good. And and again, welcome those joining us. You're welcome to join on stage as well. Miss Buki has been the one willing to engage because I love my rooms to be interactive. So I invite people to come up on stage if you have a question or if you want to be a part of the conversation. Awesome. So let's look at the audience because there are different things before you think about the message and the attention. The audience also drives what you have to do. So let's pick the gym that you're going to. If you've identified maybe five gyms within your region, your, your territory, yeah. you might go in there. And I know many people do this. Local businesses do this. They ask the owner of the gym, could I drop my flyer here? Yeah. The other thing is that you might also consider... Um, Grocery stores that serve specialty, um, um, medic like, um, you know, like health conscious, like organic stores or fitness stores and fitness, like the specialty, because again, we're looking, you, you, your, your service is, is, is really meant for a, a unique, <laughs> we are looking for needle in a haystack, a type of people that they are ready to invest in their own health. Right? So broaden your search gym is one identify maybe a couple of those identify else food stores and then maybe you may need to design a physical flyer like a um like a card a postcard in a more advanced space like um like people who have businesses who have a higher budget what i would have rec recommended is um um meals post meals Usually there's some packages and some um, tools where you can work with post office or some, there are actually some companies that they already have addresses of people living by um, zip codes and you bring in your materials. You remember, so, so, you know, when you open your mail, all those junk mails, <laughs> those things that come with the mail that you're like, I don't need this, right? But you, you take, you usually take a glance at it before you trash it. Like we don't just trash mail. That moment is the attention. The only reason we trash it is because it's not of interest, but it works. Because when that mail gets into the house of those people that they've been thinking that they need help, they are going to follow through on the message. So it works. It's a conversion. You might send 5,000 out, maybe 100 convert. You know, it just depends on how it converts. So, but this time around, you're not automating it because there are automated things that big businesses use, Right. There are big major companies that this is all that they do, direct mail, all of those things, right? So, but if you want to do it, you know, sample your region, look at health food stores, but then talk to the owners. If you could drop your business card or um, your, um, your flyer. And if you wanted to take it a step further, negotiation, right? On that flyer, you could make it specific per gym and put a code, a discount code there. And you could put a date. You could put a, 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 a like a, um, if used by certain date, then you get 20% discount. That way you also know which gym is converting more. Now, there are also some times where some people strike some deals 
for referral. They give some, you know, some gyms might, might make money where, where the, in their, in their gym, they might have some snacks or some drinks that the vendor works something out, you know, they put it there, they sell it, they get some commission. So it just depends on how sophisticated you want this to be. But at a minimum, maybe a flyer or a business card, putting it at the table, the registration table, and then seeing what happens. Make sense? <clears throat> no, you're welcome. I mean, happy, <laughs> happy to help. And then online, I'll still say online also still has huge potential for what you're trying to do. It has potential. Now, let me ask what platforms going back to audience, the audience type, what platforms are you currently investing in? to reach this group of people? Yep. I use Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And I'm also on LinkedIn, yeah. Right. I think they're on LinkedIn, but the, the messaging style, if you're on LinkedIn, trying to reach these people might be different. Yeah. Right. So that might, that might be the thing, like the messaging style might be different for LinkedIn versus Instagram. And also, do you do paid ads or is just organic at this point? Organic. Organic. Yeah. If, if it is organic, you might have to, instead of waiting for the people to come to you, you might have to go to them. So you might have to, you, you could find maybe else food and like follow else food, um, companies follow um trainers because you want to follow you want to follow people that you know the people you're trying to reach are also following so if you follow trainers you know already the people following trainers are your potential clients and customers right like the people following like the follower <laughs> you know you know, if you can, if you know those people following health food providers, that means they're already interested in health. Those following um, fitness instructors, they're already in interested in their health. Um, what, what other, right? Look at shows, exercise shows, people already consuming those type of things. They're the types of people you want to narrow. And then here's what you're going to do. You're going to engage on those contents. So that, this is like the um, elbow, <laughs> like organic way of engaging with potential people because those people are already, already have a strong following. They're going to put certain messages out there. And at the very bottom, you see other people saying, wow, nice. Yes. I, you know, they might even be asking questions. And then if you engage in that space, all of a sudden they might be checking your profile out, but you need to have opt, um, optimized your own profile as well. Your profile, is it, um, is it your company profile you use on Instagram or your own personal? I use my personal and I also have my company. But oh. then I don't have a lot of followers on the company. So, if I, so most times I try to post on both. I actually noticed a lot of people check out my profile much more than before, but how that would translate to sales. 
Okay. We're, we're living in different times when you are your company and you had a message. Right? And this is true even on LinkedIn that more people want to engage with another human being than, than a company. So this is where you have to decide. And I'll tell you what I had to do as well, because I think a lot of people wrestle with this, right? Because in previous world, before COVID and all of that, three, four, five years ago, companies, brands, all of those things, the invisible brands, you know, that have grown over the years, they were the people that were attracting followers. But today it's the world of influencers. So, you know, it, it, they, and people believe like a company is not alive. Like it's not breathing. Like they don't know who they're talking to. If they're asking a question, it's very robotic. They don't have a feeling like they're talking to another human being. For all they know, so a robot could be answering those messages, right? So particularly small businesses, you are the face of your business. People want to... People want to see you because you are representing the business. And at the end of the day, it's you that is still going to deliver the service. So the more they can get comfortable with you, the more they can know about you, the more you can grow your business. Because at this stage, it's you. So you want to consider what, and, and you've already shared it, that you notice that more people are visiting your personal profile than your company page, correct? You said that. Okay, so... If I were to go to that page now, what would I, what would people see? Or even people listening now, if they were to go to your personal, would they, when they go to your personal page, would they be immediately able to tell what you do and who you serve? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So that's, the, so you're already walking along that line. I think just um, doubling down, like not stopping, because sometimes we hesitate we have data, like you've just shared insights with me. You've, you've made some observations. Sometimes we have that data. Our intuition tells us we may need to change certain things. But sometimes we're looking for permission <laughs> because it might contradict what other people are saying. And you're like, but this is what I'm experiencing. But everybody says I should open a company page. I should do this. And, right? So I always say trust that insight. <laughs> trust it. Because it's a combination of you, your brand, and your followers. And that combination, somebody else trying to sell what you're selling, it may not be the same scenario that person is undergoing as well. Yes. Yeah. So that's, I would encourage you to just lean in or go deeper in embody, to embody your work and to represent your work and just go harder. If you already... I've seen that more people want to engage with your own personal brand. And then you, you can always connect like CEO, founder of at, and then you tag on your company profile. So when they come to you, they engage with you. They can still click on your company profile through you and learn more about what it is you're doing. But at that point, they know the connection between you and your brand. Awesome. <laughs> sure 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 yeah so few action items because i want to one thing i want to do with these sessions fridays is i want to kind of see people move forward and see progress and then see you know i just because for me what i've observed okay 
is that online people are everywhere um and they are taking on so much information coming from different experts all over the place but they are not subjecting themselves to a particular path or a journey right so if you are going to california you need a road map and you need to travel on that journey but i feel like sometimes people are they are taking 10 roadmaps <laughs> you know they are listening here they are listening there they are listening and then confusion sets in because they don't have a guide they don't have a coach that is saying keep going you're almost there turn right okay now that you're here what's the next thing right and i feel that's what more people need today um but i don't know if people realize it yet because i'm seeing people everywhere i'm everywhere as well but i'm realizing that we actually need to set people on a path which is why in terms of my programs like six weeks six steps because if you follow those steps at the end of those steps there are outcomes expected outcomes but i'm realizing that that same six weeks somebody could invest it for example on clubhouse or on other platform consuming content but not have transformation in six weeks because they're they not under a guide they're not following a particular roadmap they're just jumping from one room to the other and, and so that's one thing I want to fix and I want to correct. And that's why, you know, the Tony Mystery Academy, like aside from just my trade with Africa work, even just business development, business model, customers, marketing, these are foundational things we have to put in place for us to scale. So that's what I have observed is that um, people are not on a growth, growth path. They are, they, are emo they are in activities and motion but they're not getting the outcome because for the next five, six weeks, if, if we don't change behavior, if we don't apply certain new principles, you know, are we really moving forward? That's my, that's what I've observed. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, you're so right. So many information out there and then it leads to confusion most times. It does. And the way I've been able to filter all of that is because of my background. It's because um, as a solutions architect, right, you know, I'm, I'm trained to take in incredible data and make sense of it. <laughs> like, you know, we used to do requirements, gathering, customer, this, right? And it might take us six months of interviewing all the stakeholders, but we will now gather all kinds of data points but the executives want a summary, a summary report. <laughs> like they don't have time to consume all the data we've consumed. So in a way, that's part of the training that I have is after listening and, and listening and listening to so many people, you want to prescribe. You want to say, okay, this is the, this is the roadmap. This is where we're going. Let's all head in that direction. Otherwise, we're all still consuming data. And if, if people cannot distill that data into actionable results, then it's noise. At the end, you know, and if after six or 12 months, people don't see transformation in their own life, then what happened? <laughs> exactly. We don't want people doing that, right? And it's just, I mean, it's, it's because even for me, I, I had to spin my wheels because of all of, I, 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 I fell into that vortex too. Right? Activity, 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 open, 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 right? I was like, no, business is actually structure. 
the more structure you can put around your processes, the more, more foundational structures, the more pillars you can put in place, then you can control and manage them. Otherwise, whoa, it's a lot. So hopefully, like this is the first um, series, first in the series. Um, next week, what I want to talk about, if it doesn't change, is the mindset of an entrepreneur. Next week, Friday. Because what I've also observed is that there are certain mindset um, scenarios that, okay, there, there, there is the mindset that keeps entrepreneurs from doing what they should do. And there's a particular type of mindset we must embody. Let me give an example, just <laughs> as, as a taste of next week. People go through things like pricing. How do I price my product? A lot of times, the courage to price is not necessarily what the product costs, but it's a perceived value. It's a perceived value. That's why you have the same sneaker made by or, or sold by two different companies. It's, it's the same thing, but one is 10 times the price of one. Why? It's not really about the cost of the product. It's the perceived value, and perceived value can be manipulated. Branding, messaging, all of those things. Many entrepreneurs don't invest in that, right? And it's all about a mindset. Is you, you can control how you're perceived in the marketplace. You actually can control it. And that's why people invest in all of these things. But many times, there's another mindset, which is the opposite, where some entrepreneurs will be like, no, I don't have to do all of that work. My, my product is effective. And anybody that tastes it will know that my product is effective. So why do I have to market and brand and do all of those things? You see, there's another mindset like that. Like, oh, people should take me, you know, this product is, is, is wonderful. So people should just come. People should just come, right? That's another mindset. So, you know, there's imposter syndrome there, you know, can I charge this? You know, how do I price my services? How do, you know, is this, is this self-worth? Sometimes people, you know, tie their self, self-worth to their service and it shouldn't be. Um, so all of those things, um, next week, I look forward to bringing that and, and I, and I like it to be more of a discussion because I also want to learn what other people feel about those things. So I want it to be a conversation. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I've been a lot about pricing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and especially there's a service I render, which is meal planning. Mm -hmm. And meal planning is actually a very technical work. Uh, if I need to do a meal plan for a family of, let's say, four, it will take me nothing less than seven, eight hours of hard work to do. Mm. And I discovered that I don't charge the right price, and then people do not even value it. I've done it free of charge to so many, but they, don't, they just abandon it. Mm. And it takes me hours to do it. So I learned, you know, I had to learn in a very big way that, in fact, that's going to be one of the most expensive services I'm ever going to render. Because at a point, I had to look at it myself that. I have to sit down and ask myself, how long does it take me to, you know, come up with this uh, meal planning? Mm -hmm. And then how much am I worth per hour? And then by the time I sat down, I discovered I wasn't charging at all. So it's going to be the most expensive 
service I'm ever going to render, even much more expensive than one in one coaching right now for me, because I discovered that when people don't even pay for the real service, then they don't value it. Mm. Okay, there are several things you just said. There are different ways to undo what you just said. There are different things happening all at the same time. Let me, let me try and break it down. One is that you marketed a service that maybe people could have thought that it was a product. What I mean by that is they might have assumed that this is something you have ready-made. It's like a template. You're just giving it to them. If you don't explain to your clients and customers what goes into what they are buying from you, the perceived value is not, is not reflected. It's not reflected. I actually do. I think the problem is from me. Okay, explain please. Right. They don't, most people don't act on it. Very few people have acted on it. Right. And I think the ultimate solution could be having this automated where people will build it themselves. Where you, the same logic that you use to make that selection and, and present to them, okay. actually giving them a list and letting them create it themselves empowering them to create it themselves and it may require maybe some programming or some choices on website and this is what drives a lot of the apps right like food apps where you select your your it asks you all kinds of questions in terms of do you like chicken do you have like this do you like that like a lot of these things have also been automated in a way where you know, it's, it's, it's logic. They, you ask, you, you feed it what you want and then it comes out with recommendations and then you can still remove. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Which is where I, you know, there are different, this is where business model comes in, where you can then design multiple products out of this particular delivery, where there's an entry point, do it yourself, and then you make the one that would require you to do to work harder, premium. So people will have to, you know, appreciate that premium. You give them options because people also like options. So you tell them option A, do it yourself. I give you all the, <laughs> I give you this material. You pick, after you pick, you might bring it to me. I'll approve it. 
so they would do the work of digging through it to find what they want. You just say, wow, nice. This is probably the calculation. These are the calories that you would, you know, this, this will help you. Okay. That could be option one. You have a particular pricing for that. Then the next upgrade will be, I will do that work for you. Because the interesting thing you might find is that the same people that would say, think it is easy when you give them all of that for information. But you give them the option, they might come back to you and say, ah, I took a look at it. I realized it's a lot of work. I'll, I'll upgrade. <laughs> I'll upgrade. Yeah, right. So so don't just keep them into the premium. Because it is premium, given the hours that it takes you to come up with that solution. Give them the option of entry point. Let them play around with it. After they play around it, they will appreciate the premium better. Okay. Yeah. So, so because a lot of, that's why a lot of these decision points of launching, growing and scaling, we need to, um, we need to take emotion out of it. You understand? That's what I, <laughs> I'm saying. That's why a lot of times people say to you, you're so serious and everything. Because at the end of the day, we move sentiments, you know, because when we wrap emotion, we've worked so hard for people. People may not value what we're doing. We feel this, you know, all of these things. I'm like, no, no, no. The first thing is people don't owe us and we don't owe people. This is about business. I'm creating value and I want value back. It's a value exchange. If I give you value and I tie the, and I tell you this is the value I want back, but before we can make that statement as, a, as an entrepreneur, we need to have done a lot of research. And, you know, like I said, lab, it's an experiment. We need to test it out because if we are, if we are solving just in our own bedroom, in our own domain, we are making lots of assumptions about the world. You understand? You are making assumptions about people whose reality and day-to-day way of being and thinking is completely different from me, from mine. So whatever I bring to the marketplace, I have to test it in the marketplace and I have to seek feedback from the people I'm solving it for. Until that time, everything is theoretical. But I have noticed that we are so assured because in our consciousness, we've created the best product. The, the people must need it. They must want it. This We want to shove it down. And people sometimes, you know, it doesn't work. The other thing that we don't also do is patience. Transformation, change management, bringing a new product to the marketplace. For adoption to grow, it takes time. And that time is not just time of sitting back and watching. No, it's months and years of repeating the same message and tweaking that mess or tweaking it here and there and being consistent showing up every single day for years people are not ready for that so we think the day we post a flyer and we say hey we have a new solution this website was made for you we expect people to rush in maybe five ten years ago when they weren't option in today's world what haven't people seen? <laughs> Every day they are being bombarded by, this is the best thing to help you. This will solve you. I'm a coach everywhere. Right? So 
<laughs> and that's where disappointment sets in. You've done all the work. You put it out there. And then the anticipated reaction, we don't get it. And I say, keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep asking questions. Keep t- Just see, the, see it as a lab. You're testing things out. You're engaging with the market. They're giving you feedback. You take the answers back. You tweak, you come back. You tweak, you come back until you find what works. Now, if you find what works for a demographic, the other mistake that people make is they assume it's always going to work with other groups of people. I say, nope, nope. Just because it's worked in one country or it worked in one city, it doesn't always translate. Let me give an example. In retail, you think about Texas versus Wyoming or any of this or Utah. The same food doesn't sell <laughs> in the same states because the eating habit is different. Women's size in clothing is different. In Texas, you can sell 22. In certain places, you can't sell more than 14. Imagine if you now distribute 22 to all states in the U.S. It doesn't work. Or another option. You want to sell swimsuits and in the middle of January, you're taking it to Michigan. No, you find, you take it to Florida. So at the end of the day, even when you find a solution that works for a certain group of people, let's not make assumption that it's always going to be true for them, for everybody. It doesn't, you know, I mean, and coming from retail, that's why we say all retail is local. The chicken, the types of meal that people eat, the spices that they use, the way they want to look or dress, the lotions and potions, all of the things they buy, it's different city to city, state to state. And the companies that get this right, they're the ones growing bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's, it's tough to scale so the same solution to everybody. So, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I think you're right. I would uh, implement some some of the ideas you're sharing. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, the point I'm also taking away is um, that consistency. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, that's... Um, yeah. For me, that's... Um, Okay. Okay. Let me talk about that because it's also tied to mindset in a way. And the way I'm going to talk about this is when you, and and particularly because of your profession, right? When you know a drug works and it's going to do exactly what you said it's going to do. And you've tested it in the lab and you've seen the results and there's 99.9% chance it's, it's that it works. The efficacy has been tested. If you're a drug manufacturer with that type of data, the mindset you will use to market it is it's, it's, you are going to push that product with more intensity. You understand? You're going to, and it's going to have more impact. You know, you're going to push it with so much passion that it's that passion and that, this, should I say spirit with which you would put those things out. Anybody reading that message will latch on. 
But if you put something out and you say, uh, uh, then you're going to get an uh, uh, result. Because I have done work for years where I say trade with Africa as a clarion call and I've had people, people from all over the world would book their own plane tickets. They don't know me, but they will book their own plane tickets, okay? They will book hotel in a town they don't know just to come and hear, just to attend my event. Why? Because the messaging is clear and the passion like you don't want to miss this like this 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 this, this <laughs> you don't want to miss this like you see what i'm saying it's different from oh come if you can i'm here that doesn't move people to action it doesn't move people it might move people that see you that know you that love you but it doesn't move people from far away places to respond to your clarion call and that's the my question sorry to no please sir go on i like what you're talking about now the question now is as an entrepreneur working all by yourself all alone that kind of tenacity for you to have it day in day out is where the challenge is for me mm -hmm. it might not be you know for someone like you i think <laughs> i see you as a like as a soldier you <laughs> just keep going and going and going for me there are days um National and I've seen this thing you're talking about. I've seen it real play. You just keep saying the same message every day to everybody, everywhere, day in, day out, and you see the result. However, there are, you know, it's like a structure. There are, you have, you, you're going to, there are reporting systems. So that alone will push you because you have to give daily reports. You know, you have to tell, I mean, there are people watching you and monitoring every consultation call you do and things like that. Now, as an entrepreneur, you're working all by yourself. And that's why, for me, I think entrepreneurs need community. Community of, you know, if, if there's anything I am looking for, that's what I'm looking for. You know, most of these things, we hear so much information and we have heard it before. But then, to put in the work day in, day out, that's where the, the, the challenge is for me. You understand? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's part of that mindset of an entrepreneur is that we need to know nobody's going to do this for us. Like nobody's coming. Nobody's going to do this for us. And that's why for me, I couldn't do what I'm doing one leg in, one leg out, which is what most people do. You stay in the comfort of, you know, corporate, and then you do other things. Like this is a side gig for most people. It's not a side gig for me. I left, I quit my job to do this full time. So it has to work. <laughs> So that's another mindset. Like this has got to work. It might, it might not work in its original form. So when I left, what I thought people needed or what I was going to do is not what I'm doing today. Do you understand? That's why we have to let the market guide us and God guide us. I came in gone blazing. Let's do this. Let's do that. The world is trading at this level let's go but what i met out here was a lot of immaturity in the landscape not at the level i was committed to and used to seeing so what did i learn 
the landscape taught me like towing you're telling us to fly please we are still trying to crawl build grow okay so over the over the last couple of months i've shifted to to meet the market where the market is because i you can't i can't impose myself on the market so that's why this kind of towing mystery academy is coming out of that realization that Okay, trade with Africa, we've done it. People that are mature enough, they can go in there and start connecting and buying and selling. But there are so many more people we have to help mature over the next maybe five years into a level that they can benefit from all this other work. That's my own, right? But guess what? A realization that nobody is coming. And when I say it, I mean, we know it, we know it, but I'm saying there's something else that kicks in. So we rest when we need to rest. So I'm not saying keep going indefinitely. We need to listen. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to rest, but we have to ride the us, <laughs> you know, ride it <laughs> to the promised land. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, so that's it. Like, and let me be, let me be honest and transparent. The same it's like, this is, this is me. Even when I was in corporate, that's the same way. If you give me one an assi assignment, I would drill it down. This would give me probably everything people will be avoiding to do. It might take two years to do one project, 18 months. But Tony will stay for it 18 months. Every, so by training in a way as well, right? The larger multi-million dollar projects is what I used to handle, like SAP, transformation, change management. Those projects, they are, they, you, you can't do it in three months. It's an 18-month project, SAP. So in a way, maybe we can say I had training to take a project that is going to take 18 months. So say your marketing plan needs to be executed over the next 18 months, not three months, not two months, not two weeks, Let's just say your 18 months marketing plan, or let's just even say 12 months. Okay. okay. If you think that way that over the next one year, by this time next year, I want to have achieved certain results. What do I need to do over the next 18 months to achieve those results? It's actually why I'm, I launched this new program for next, um, next month. I'm calling 10X, 10X business growth. Why? As entrepreneurs, we are caught up in the weed and the detail every single day, day in, day out. Everybody is. Every single person. And I'm saying, maybe we need to take a moment, not just to work in our business, but on. What if we were to ask ourselves, what do I need to do to grow my business 10x? How long will it take me to grow it 10x? What would I need to look like in all the functionality, what would my what would need to change in my marketing? What would need to, to change in my sales? What would need to change in my distribution? What would need to change? What will I need to change? That's what I'm saying. Is that the moment we ask those types of questions, it forces us to start behaving differently. Right? So I know for a fact it's not easy. But maybe if we were to stretch our planning into immediate results, like, you know, we, we're judging ourselves by now versus maybe we're actually sowing seed that will bear fruit in 12 months, a year from now. Who knows? That the people you're actually messaging today, that see you today, 
that it's maybe a year from now they become an actual customer. So that's one of the things they call sales cycle. Certain businesses have shorter cycles, but in today's digital, with the digital disruption going on out there, right? People, people particularly in sales, they are not getting the right result. Let me give you a case in point. I got a call from a friend today. And it was just, it was asking me to help him with something, but he started with toying, you know, we in the world are not for profits. <laughs> We've been like 2020 donations went down by over 80%. I mean, just this afternoon, this was a call, right? Donation went down by 80%. So guess what? I pulled myself from that. I'm now working for a friend of mine, helping him manage his business because he's from that world, right? That is incredible. So I'm saying that everybody has been disrupted. Every industry has been disrupted. Not for profit as well. I, did, I knew they were disrupted, but not to that level. 80% reduction in, in donations. I that data was scary. The same thing has happened to even sales. The things they used to do before, two, three years ago, that they would just say, oh, buy, buy, buy. Everybody will buy. You can tell people, you tell people maybe nine more times or 10 more times. People will still hesitate. With that information and that awareness, I think we also have to give people more patience and we need to start realizing that the outcomes we desire, how long will it take us to actually reap all of these things? I mean, it's a question. These are the mindsets conversation I said next week we want to have because I'm pulling it into that six weeks program we have to tackle all of these things and come back to reality and look at how the world is act not how we want the world to be but how it is because i think today we are not still facing like we don't want to believe the reality right now um but it's a we're, in a, we're living in a different world and we have to be different and um, we have to manage expectations as well. Does that does that make sense? Did that help? I don't I don't know. Sometimes I'm so I I I, sh I just shoot straight, and I know sometimes many people may not be ready for that. I don't know, but I think I owe it to particularly my member. So here's here's why clubhouse for me has been, you know, I've been hesitant is because. In private coaching one-on-one, -on -one, these are the truths that I deliver, right? In private coaching, these are the truths that I deliver and people pay me for me to get them the results. But when I'm on Clubhouse, I I, I don't think people, <laughs> people are ready for the raw, raw truths. So anyway, I've always kept it more social here, but we'll see. I think that might change a little bit. Okay. I'm looking at time. Let me do a quick reset. So welcome to the Achieve Your Greatness Club. I actually wanted to change the name, but instead of creating a new club, I just decided to keep my old club for this. And we're talking about launching, growing, and scaling your business. I actually have a new academy. I just launched toyumesery.academy. That's actually the website address. You copy and paste it into a browser. And basically helping businesses entrepreneurs and business owner, right, to adopt principles that the biggest brands in the world use to grow and scale their business. So I welcome you, Michelle. I see you. 
uh, let me invite you to the stage. Um, who else? Mr. Olufemi, you've been here. Let me send you an invite. Um, if you are able to join us, please do. I always like um, the room to be more of a conversation. And as you've listened to myself and Miss Buki talk, what I've tried to prescribe to her are solutions specific to our own business that she could use and apply immediately. Um, and if any of those things we've shared, I'm sure it's given other people insights as well, things they could learn. But like I shared before, I feel like we need to put people on a journey of their own transformation and um, give them a roadmap to where they're trying to go. So I'm going to wait for people to join the stage. If nobody joins the stage, then I'm going to call it a wrap. Like that's really how my rooms are. I want to have a conversation. I don't just want to talk to myself. Um, when I'm doing classes or masterclass, you know, I come with, you know, two, three hours of, you know, deep dive information. But when I come to Clubhouse, I really just want to have a conversation. So you're welcome to join the stage to ask me any questions you have or tell, you know, just share what challenges you might be facing. But if not, then... Um, Maybe I'll be closing the room. Maybe this will be a five-minute check. If you're growing your business or scaling up, there are several things you have to do. I always say that look at the foundational structures that you're putting in place. Make sure that they can bear the weight. So if you want to build a five-story building or 10-story building or Make sure the foundational infrastructure that you are putting in place matches and can sustain the weight of your business. I always say like business is really about structure. It's about processes. It's about things you are putting in place from working with vendors to working with customers. There's so much around it. In fact, yesterday, my newsletter, the title was 20 things you need to change or adjust in your business to actually grow your business. I think when we want to grow our businesses, there are several levers we might need to pull or push. It's like a dashboard, just like you see a pilot in a plane. There are several things that you need to be looking at all at the same time. It's your customers, it's your business model, it's your marketing plan, it's your sales plan. It's all of these things. It's your, you know, there's just so many things one has to manage every single day. Um, I just got a message. Okay. So that's it. It's going to be a wrap for the day. If nobody wants to come up to ask me any questions, um, it's been great to have this. So a few updates. I've now decided that every Friday, same time, 12 noon central time, that's 1 PM Eastern time. If you're in the U S we'll have, I'll open this room. Um, there are a lot more resources at towingumessery.academy. And if you're interested in Trade with Africa, which are, it's our sister platform, what we've decided to do was it's like the flying, it's the next level because the market has also taught me that, you know, people are really at this moment struggling with running, operationalizing their business, running their business, and I want to serve them where they're at. But we're also working with groups of people to scale up in terms of exports and trade. And we have a different platform for that. As an example, yesterday, you know, I held a training for fashion entrepreneurs in Africa. 
and we're designing a program for them as well. So if you're, you happen to be interested in getting involved in the fashion business, like the business of African fashion, do reach out. Um, that's something that we're able to help with. Check out Nazaru as well, my company. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, up, I'm up and about on various platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. But where the work actually happens is in our trade with African network community or now towingumessiri.academy. The academy is for entrepreneurs and business owners. And then the trade with Africa are for those who want to engage in international trade as well. So it's been a pleasure hosting this room and keeping this space today. Every week for about an hour, an hour and a half, or maybe two hours. If there are more questions, I'll keep the space for such conversations. But if you want to access more information, free training, programs, please head over to towingumessary.academy. Just copy it into your browser. That's actually the web address. Thank you so much. God bless. Um, that's it. I'm going to be closing the room unless I missed anything. Um, thank you so much. Okay. Awesome.